The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to another edition of The Bird Calls. I am your host, David Grubb, and I am joined by frequent contributor and good friend, Kevin Berrios. Kevin, good to have you back, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's great. I haven't been on since you took over, and uh, I'm glad to, you know, obviously I congratulated you through texts and DMs and stuff, but, uh, you know, I've been busy. You've been busy, Um, but I'm glad that we're finally getting a chance to talk, and I'm really glad that, you know, we have local ownership and especially somebody that, you know, that I really like love and uh, respect. So it's great. Yeah. We get to keep it going. And like you said, it's, it's local. And I think the the commitment that we, we made to, to being like doing everything that we've been doing, but doing it better and, and, you know, mm-hmm. bringing it to video and, and trying to, to be a little bit more um, analytical and, 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 be that kind of site for folks, a place where people go to get really informed opinion. Because I think, you know, as you can tell this week, the Pelicans um, fan universe is is in shambles in a lot of ways. It, it, it's all over <laughs> yeah. the place. And, mm-hmm. and it's hard to gauge where the wind is blowing from minute to minute. And you are a passionate, I, I would consider you like, if somebody were to pick the average fan, and this is, to me, this is not an insult. It's like, yeah, Kevin. Not me either. <laughs> basketball, but you love basketball. You are very mm-hmm. involved with the local team as far as following it, keeping up with it. You give a damn about whether or not they win or lose. You you, you pay attention to the, the details. But, you know, like it's not your life. You don't – but right. it's enough of a passion for you as a fan – that you care. You care what goes on with this team. You you want it to see it do well. You just it's not good enough to have a basketball team. You want to see a successful product. And this past week, with all of the 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 noise, whether it's and we don't have to do the details on the off the court stuff, but it is noise um, around Zion on that side. And then of course the potential that either he or Brandon Ingram or someone else could be moved this week uh, prior or during the NBA draft, it sparked so many different feelings. How have you dealt with it this week? Well, I mean, I have, you know, I run the gambit of feelings. Depends on what time you ask me. Um, um, I think Lido said it on Twitter. Like you see, I can see both sides of the argument easily. You know, Um, you look at, I mean, just think about this. We had before this all happened this week, a lot of people were talking about breaking up the Celtics. They got to break up those two guys. They got to fire the coach. This is the team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Was in the finals last year. They had a rookie coach this year that got thrown in from the second, the back of the bench, right? Not even a front bench coach to take over. And they're talking about they need to break up those two stars. And then you know people are saying not to break up this Pelicans team that hasn't achieved anything in four years, except for the ninth seed. So it's kind of interesting that way. But at the same time, I understand not wanting to break it up because you see how great it is when it's together and you see how incredible 
Zion Williamson is on the court, and he's easily a top five player when healthy, but there's always the when healthy, there's always the noise off the court, you know, the mentality, the maturity, the approach to the game, um, those sort of things are question marks. Uh, in my opinion, I'm more leaning towards the idea that I would, I would move him um, just because, and, and I understand a lot of people are going to say, you know, it's a sunk cost, uh, you're going to get pennies back on the dollar, but I feel like we're already getting pennies back on the dollar when, you know, he's not playing 40 games a year, you know? Um, and I just don't see a pathway to him growing and maturing and being the player he needs to be and changing his approach enough here for him to be on the court consistently. Um, and so, but it's a incredibly tough decision, you know, and uh, I think David Griffin is in a very tough spot. There's not a lot of ways for him to win this situation uh, because if he doesn't trade Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson gets hurt again, then he's probably fired because the team will not succeed if he does trade Zion Williamson and Zion Williamson it doesn't get hurt and rises to what we what we thought he would be somewhere else, then he also probably gets fired. If something doesn't work out during the season, and, but you see Scoot Henderson take off and look like this amazing player, there's a chance that he also gets fired because that deal was there to be made, which would have saved the team money, but also brought in, in a player that, that – you know, you have a whole new start with. Um, so there's a lot of ways that it could go wrong for him. So I, I don't envy him for being in that situation. And I totally see both sides. But as of right now, I don't, I wouldn't trade Brandon Ingram uh, unless I was totally blown, like somebody's going to crazy overpay for him. I do, I, I would move Zion Williamson um, for, for the deal. But, you know, I'm, if somebody calls me stupid for saying that, I'm not going to argue with them because I see why you would think it's idiotic to make that move. It's just, I just don't see a long-term future here, but I also understand seeing how it works out this season because you have those five years on the deal to still try to make a move later on, but you're always looking at the return getting even further diminished. The difficult thing for me in the whole process of all this is that, you know, there are very few times, and, and you just saw it in the NBA playoffs with Nikola Jokic. There are very few times when you have a player who can be the best player four times in a row. And in four straight series, Nikola Jokic was the best player on the floor. Every every series, you know, this dude led the entire playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. Every series, he was the leading. And, it, like, it wasn't one where he was second in one of them. He did it every series there are very few people like that that who can do that Giannis carry you for 50 points in a game six take you home Zion we believe and and you would say it too at his when he's all there Zion's capable mm -hmm. of doing that he's capable of being a guy who powers your powers his way through a postseason and and wins a championship being the best player on a team yeah he could oh, be the best player in the league easily yeah and I think the the failure in this, and I don't know how it will history judge it, it goes back to year one and the decision in my mind to surround Zion with a lot of young players because we are seeing a young man who has not had that kind of situation where he got either enough veterans to, to, to raise him up as that group 
that he could trust within the system and buy in or the kind of persistent culture because you've gone through three coaches in four years, um, you know, over this time. And I think that that, 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 that lack of consistency has hurt every and his injuries on top of that, you throw all those three things together and we've gotten the perfect storm for something that should be really good for everybody to have both fault and deniability in why this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I also think going back again to year one is just being, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the national media narratives about him nodding, wanting to be here. And also just the state of the league now where you really have to pander to your superstar where they gave him way too much slack. And it's hard to reel that back in. You can see they're trying to do that this year, you know, with the firing of Teresa Witherspoon. Um, but they also then are, are restructuring the training staff, which was something that he would want. So it's kind of both things there. Um, but I, I think it's really hard to reel in. I gave the, uh, in our group chat, I, you know, I gave sort of a metaphor of when I was in high school, my junior year of high school, we had this teacher. It was her first year. I think it was her first year teaching. It was definitely her first year at the school. And from day one, like my entire class knew that there was blood in the water and you could just do whatever you want. They made our life a living hell. Like, you know, the first week of school, there was a fire drill, people are flipping over desks, jumping out of the window, all this stuff. Somebody came in one time dressed like Fred Flintstone, sprayed her down with silly string, all this, you know, and it was just total chaos. Then Christmas break came and then she came back in uh, wearing like these, uh, knee-high leather boots, a leather miniskirt, these big hoop earrings and all this makeup and tried to have this like bad attitude and just people just laughed it off and like it got worse for her. You know, she ended up losing her job at the end of the year. And I just feel like, you know, once that like you show them that weakness, it's hard to like, you know, get the respect when you're trying to be stern with somebody that you gave so much leeway to. And I think that's part of the problem is that the relationship is just so fragmented and with like, you know, somebody's got to go, whether it's the front office or the player, somebody has to go or both, you know, um, to make it work. And that's just how I feel like we are. It's, it's, I mean, it's like we've gotten in, in some ways similar to what Philly's gotten. And, and it's weird because a lot of people said, well, it's, you know, if you got Zion to be, have Joel Embiid's career, you'd be kind of happy. But would you? Because Joel Embiid kind of has been a disappointment. He's still never been to a conference final, you know, in his life. So <laughs> when you look at it that way and you say, yeah, he missed two years and he still misses the occasional game, he's still dealing with his, his shape, you know, his fitness being a question mark where people talk about Joel Embiid and say, why can't he finish games? Why does this happen every year in the playoffs where he fades down the stretch? I don't want Zion to have – Joel Embiid's career if, if I'm the Pelicans you know you want yeah. something better than that and the templates that you did have the other guy Nikola Jokic who had had you know he needs to get in shape he needs to commit himself to the game did those things and the Nuggets created a culture of accountability there for him while also still giving him the team and I think also keeping enough veterans around him too that it was always professional here they, the coach was established. When people said fire Mike Malone, they kept Mike Malone because he was establishing a rapport with that player and a culture and a standard of winning. 
The Pelicans have had none of those things. And I think it's just, you you look at it and I understand on the other side, as you say, um, why why there is the push to, to, to have a soft reboot and figure out how can you make this work with the pieces that you know at the very least. Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy III, Jonas Valanciunas. I know at least with those pieces, I can be competitive if I put other dependable pieces around them. Right. Yeah, and I know both of us also think very highly of Trey Murphy. Like, I think he's a budding star. So if you're shipping Zion out, you immediately have a replacement. Now, obviously, Trey Murphy isn't that generational talent that Zion is, but he's going to be a very good player in this league for a long time. Um, and the other thing is, uh, and you say it all the time too, the, the troubling thing about Zion, it's all lower body injuries. And you're talking about a guy who, like, lives off of his athleticism and his strength. Now he's very crafty too. He doesn't get some of the credit. I mean, I guess he gets the credit, but maybe not as much as he deserves for how crafty he is around the rim, his layups, his ability to finish without or dunk. Some people actually complain that he doesn't dunk enough. Yep. Um, But I mean, that's one of the differences too between uh, him and Embiid and Jokic. Obviously Jokic is not a guy whose game is built on, um, on athleticism. You know, he's a craft player and uh zion has that in his game combined with the athleticism which makes it so like why can't this just work but um for whatever reason it's not and we know a lot of stuff about his personality his approach and all these things around him that you know makes me understand a bit more why it doesn't work but it's just frustrating that it doesn't and i just feel like for everybody's sake it's almost better you know I think he will be better somewhere else with a fresh start and we will be better where we're not building a team around a guy who's not dependable. Um, because, you know, like the things that we say we've needed forever, shooting, playmaking, rim protection, we're not getting. And the idea that his team is built to have the ball in his hands mainly as the focal point of the offense. But if he's missing more than half of the season, you know, now you don't have that playmaker that's, there to create for everybody else and elevate everybody else's game. And like we, we all believe, you know, B.I., Trey, Herb, those are really solid building blocks. If you had somebody to set the table for them, and Jonas obviously is a great player, a really crafty player as well. But if you had somebody to really run the offense and set that stuff when he was away, his, his um, disappearance wouldn't matter as much. But, you know, the idea of trading him to get another young guy that that is his game uh, to create. And, and, and those things that Stuart Henderson, which is you know, the rumor that that's who they're targeting. If they were to trade him, um, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I get though. And I, you know, the, 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 the report is a light that Charlotte is, is more interested in getting <clears throat> Ingram, whereas mm-hmm. Portland is more interested in getting Zion. And, and I had, uh, you know, Last week on, on on the bird calls, a gentleman um, who reports for about the Blazers and said mm-hmm. that, that's they want they want Zion because if they're going to try yeah. to entice Dame to stay, they need a superstar. And yeah. as we've already said, Zion is the only one in that conversation of those right. two players there that we're talking about that can be that guy. So to get it to Charlotte, if Charlotte wants Ingram, and that's what it takes and you end up keeping Zion, 
if you're the Pelicans, then from your perspective, does that deal make sense? Um, no, I think I think I would give it a a run back with that with Zion one more year to see if if there's no way to work a trade that makes sense where you get to keep BI. I mean, you know, before we got CJ, when we were talking about potential trades and adding another guard, like go get Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard is outside of Steph Curry, he draws the most gravity behind the perimeter. And then you have Zion Williamson under the rim that draws probably the most gravity under the rim. So that's just to me, a perfect pairing. So from a basketball fan's perspective, that would be amazing to watch if that could work out. Um, I wish it would have worked out here, obviously, but um, I, I really like that fit. I don't like, I mean, obviously the idea that gets skewed Henderson makes more sense to me, but um, I don't really like what I've seen in terms of the trade with Portland, just because it's a little bit messy with contracts, you know, maybe Nurkic has to go somewhere you're going to bring, you can't really bring Scoot Simons and still have Herb and CJ on the roster. It's, it's just a lot in Dyson or, you know, it's just a lot of question marks. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of redundancy. Yeah. Where, where if, if Charlotte would want Zion, it would be much cleaner because you could just trade him, take back um, Hayward's expiring contract or maybe move him to a third team because it's an expiring contract, get you know, another bid or something. Uh, just a lot more cleaner. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's tough to see how they work out. Um, so I don't know, but I, I'm I'm not too keen on trading Ingram. I think if you do trade Ingram, then you might as well just trade both of them and do a reset and rebuild around Herb and uh, and Trey. Right. You know, as your as your pieces going forward, and then whatever else you could add. You know, maybe possibly you get the second and third pick in the draft. You know, I know you don't like adding that much youth to a roster, but, um, you know, that could be something that would make sense if you're going to trade. Over. Do you think that fans have an appropriate value for Brandon Ingram, or is it a case of hometown overvalue? Because everyone that I talk to around the NBA says they all says the same thing about Brandon Ingram, talented scorer not the guy who's going to get you there. Like he's always going to be the number two at best for your team. And even if that, that he, that may not be good enough for, you know, for a champion, that's, that's the general consensus. But if you ask Pelicans fans by and large, if they, if you say straight up Ingram for two and the 14, they say that's an over, you know, the Pelicans are giving up too much. Yeah, well, I mean, part of my problem with that trade, too, is just that I don't see how Scoot Henderson and Zion Williams would fit together. Now, um, I, I, I get the basketball part. That part um, doesn't So, yeah, and, the value. and we definitely, yeah, we definitely fall victim to, you know, I mean, every fan base falls victim to overvaluing their guys because they have an emotional investment in those guys, and they see those guys play more than they see anybody else play, you know? Um, so it makes a lot of sense that you're going to overvalue your guys. I mean, the thing about Ingram is that he's an extremely talented scorer. He's long, but also he has the ability to create for himself and create create uh, shots for others, which separates him, you know, from like a Jalen Brown who we saw like what cannot happened to him in the playoffs. Yeah, cannot handle the ball. So that now he's obviously Jalen Brown's a better defender, but um, you know, in terms of scoring, you know. Brandon Ingram's going to impact the game a whole lot more 
obviously he also has his own injury history as well that you're looking at. Um, but, you know, I think Brandon Ingram is a guy who he's always going to, he's going to make a handful of all-star games. He's always going to be in the discussion for an all-star game. He's never going to be in an MVP discussion, obviously. Um, but, um, I mean, I think it's fair to have him rated pretty high. Um, and, you know, Scoot Henderson, a lot of people think that he's going to be, a, you know, a guy that's in the all-star conversation, you know, but again, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to be an MVP player at any point in his career. He would have to definitely develop a jump shot for that to happen. Um, and, you know, the only reason that I'm considering trading e either of those guys for him is mainly because they, neither of them can stay on the court, you know, and you can't really, it's not sustainable to have your two best players that your team relies on not be able to play. You know, it's just one of them you can maybe, maybe get by with where they're in and out of the lineup, but two of them that miss so much time, it's just troubling and, um, and it's just unsustainable. So that's why I think they have to break up at some point. And if you feel strongly enough about Hugh Henderson, this might be the time where you're able to jump. I don't know that next year you're going to be able to jump up to one or two, I mean, or two, two or three to get an impact player that you really like. Whereas this year, that opportunity is there because of the situation those teams are in, um, you know, because Charlotte needs to win. They have a new owner. They want to make a splash. Um, and then Portland's trying to salvage their franchise cornerstone, keep them there until he retires and, and have impact. So you have two desperate teams trying to make a move. So now's the time to do that because um, I don't think you're ever going to get back up that high, especially, I mean, maybe with Zion, but if he's injured again this year, you know, it's going to be tough to move him for anything better than the second pick, maybe. Yeah, I think, you know, you're, you're on court match is, is really the most compelling argument to me to move Zion in this case, because what you're saying to me is I, I hired James Brego for a reason. Look that what he does is a guard, he runs a guard friendly offense. It is about tempo and creating three point shots. So what do the Pelicans struggle with, particularly in the half court or at any time really is, is creating tempo. And the guy that they compare Scoot Henderson to, Russell Westbrook or uh, Donovan Mitchell, those are two of the comparison he get he gets a lot. They're the long wingspan. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, if 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 that's what you're getting, and like you said, that's not an MVP. That's not a that's not a guy who's going to win a championship for you, because I don't think Donovan right. Mitchell's going to lead the Cavs to a title. And and Russell Westbrook never got past the first round by himself. But if what you're adding to Brandon Ingram. Is a and Trey Murphy who needs shots. Like if Trey Murphy's not averaging 10 three-point attempts per game last season, next season, or close to it, then everyone on that coaching staff needs to be fired. You know, he needs shots. Mm -hmm. You need to create right. other, you know, these shots for guys. And, and the only way you're going to do that is by increasing the tempo. And Jose, bless his heart, is still only 5'10, man. And it, it, it is yeah. just he's not going to get bigger. And that he does not, there are things he does not do well. And if he can shoot it well, fine. Yeah, and you you have not given Kyrie the opportunity to prove himself. And Dyson clearly right now offensively is either in his head to the point where he's ineffective or just has to develop and that's going to take time. Right. I mean, and the other thing too, just looking at it, like you said, you trade Zion Williamson, you close your championship window, no doubt. 
right? Um, but the best we've done is the ninth seed, you know, uh, with him. And so a move like this closes your championship window, undoubtedly. Uh, but it makes you competitive. It possibly makes you competitive every you know? And it depends on what you value as a fan. And, like, you know, I mean, the Saints have one championship and a lot of terrible years, right? I mean, my my grandfather lived and died with the Saints every Sunday. I'm so happy that both of them were able to see them win a Super Bowl before they died. One's still alive, thankfully, but the other grandfather died. But after he got to see the Saints win the Super Bowl, that meant everything to him. Um, and that means everything to some people. For me, I'm not as much championship-driven. Like, I mean, obviously, I would love that us to win championships. But I would, if you ask me if I would trade one championship for steadily in the playoffs, often going to the second round conference finals, but never winning a championship, but it, almost every year being in the mix, I would take every year being in the mix because I want to have that, that fun, that excitement. I want to see a good basketball product every year. Um, whereas, you know, so like staying with the status quo, I feel like while we definitely have that championship window that if everything clicks right, you might get a championship in these next five years of Zion's contract but there's going to be a lot of bad because of just the injury history and the, and the mix and a lot of disappointment, a lot of hopes that didn't get shattered. You know what I mean? Look, we were first in the West for a while. We were feeling great. We were making jokes about getting the Lakers pick and swap, and then they're the ones that are, you know, in the playoffs. So we are the ones. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, that old joke about the worst thing they can give you is hope. And that's kind of what we've been having. We've been having a lot of hope that is, has not been, you know, hasn't paid off in the end. My gut is that a deal doesn't happen um, just because the price won't be right for somebody. Uh, it's really, and there, and I think that there are other teams in pursuit um, as well that are probably more committed to getting up there than the Pelicans are. Uh, that, you know, I think David Griffin, it has to be the right deal. It has to be perfect for him to make this kind of deal. Because, again, he, he'll have to defend it. And he has to, like you said, be prepared for that backlash that comes with it. But what I do think is going to happen, and uh, I want to get your thought on this, is everybody, like you said, they run it back with whoever they had in the offseason. And I, 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 prob- I still think if they do add a 14 pick, it's going to be somebody who's a skill set specific type player. Because you don't have a, a need for a rookie to kind of do a little bit of, no, you need shooting. Like if you're going to, re- or rim protection, if that's what you're getting out of your rookie, get one that they can do one thing really well and in those minutes, those five minutes that you're allowing them to play. But if they trade that pick or whatever they bring back, I think they got a 30, 35 game window to start the season and look like a good basketball team. I don't know if it's particularly the record in and of itself, but to look like a cohesive, winning, capable, everybody's on the same page basketball team. And if it's not there then, then David Griffin will make either the – the and I think Zion would be the one that, that, that would be the most likely to be ejected if that's the case because he's the one who has the greatest question. Right. And I agree with you. I don't think that anything's going to happen. I think they're going to – play it out they might I could see them maybe trading Jonas you know he'd be an escape goat or even though it wasn't his I mean they used him incorrectly we've said that so many times 
over the year over, over the last season. Back and look at the numbers. Yeah. Again, it's not and, the problem. Hmm. But the thing that I found that I find interesting this time, you know, throughout Zion's career here, the noise has always been he doesn't want to be here. But now we're starting to hear that the team doesn't necessarily want to be here. And that's a new spin on things that maybe makes me think there's a possibility that it's going to happen. But I still think, like you said, at, at earliest, it's going to happen at trade deadline. But most likely it's going to happen in next offseason if things don't work out right. And that means another president of basketball operations not named David Griffin is going to be making the trade. And another um, so, and a lot of and, Yeah. Yeah, a lot of turnover in that building after that, if that's how it goes. Now, if it goes great, then awesome. that's what I hope. But, um, you know, I, I I do think that the chances of the trade happening are extremely low unless, I think, unless Charlotte changes their mind and wants Zion instead of Ingram, then I think the possibility shoots up to more 50-50 from 30%, you know? Um, but I still think they probably run it back is like you know it's so hard to give up a time. like it just really is you know? yeah i think everybody it, for the that, that vast majority of fans who remember that feeling when it, the crescendo of you know right before christmas of feeling like oh it's it isn't there no you know nobody felt like it was but you had arrived officially on the scene you had your okay. moment where now we're on the stage we're no longer pretending we're ready to act. And I think that, that to have that and then to have it snatched away, not just because yeah. of Zion's injury. You know, again, it's not just because of that. The, the, the team mm-hmm. it still has no excuse for losing 10 in a row. It has no excuse for losing to Houston late in the year. It has no excuse for losing to Oklahoma City at home in the play-in. None of those things are Zion's fault. But, yeah, it, it just – that feeling of what it could be with him is such a – enticing drug man and i I just can't i don't know how people getting people to kick that that drug is gonna be hard i completely understand you know i don't think you're wrong for saying there's no way you should treat that don't think you're wrong for saying the 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 other part of this would be um how much pressure is willie green under now and how much security do you think he has i mean you and I have been, we were right off the bat said that he was put in a terrible situation and he was, and he's under tremendous pressure, but at least now it seems like he's able to finally choose the staff that he wants. Um, it seems that way. Maybe it's not, maybe they're just changing over the staff for him again, but it feels like that it's more his choosing. And also, you know, maybe, you know, like, I love Teresa Willis-Spoon. We all do. We're all sad to see her go. Um, but maybe, you know, she was a bit of a threat to Willie in the locker room just because she had Zion's ear and Zion had her ear. And, you know, it, it was, you know, maybe it was just too friendly for them uh, where they had to clean that up a little bit and give Willie more of the voice when dealing with a star player. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, obviously, I mean, I just everybody that's in that building is under a, intense scrutiny, and the fire underneath their seats is or is the hottest it's ever been. You know, no you think the, if there's not a successful season this year, then that whole place is getting cleaned up. 
you have you have to figure Gail Benson has reached that stage, especially with the stadium question lingering, yeah. like the arena question. You can't keep putting out a poor product and go to the state or the taxpayers and say, in a poor state like Louisiana, it after we just put up a bunch of money to fix the Superdome and results have not, you know, again, yeah, you only have one NFC championship game appearance since the Super Bowl. So yeah, the city, the state can't just be flooding money into Gail Bitts' pocket for the ninth seed. And she knows that the her bottom line is impacted by whether or not this team wins or not as well. And there's all these new things, the TV deals and all these things are going to be impacted. And if New Orleans is not driving part of this, and the fact that Bally doesn't, have, they don't have a TV contract, the value of that, the Pelicans have to win for that for all these things to happen. So yeah, I just think it's the 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 cord is not going to be particularly loose. You know, there's not going to be a lot of rope here. Um, there'll be enough rope to hang themselves, but there's certainly not a lot of rope um, to, 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 to mess up this year. Yeah, no, I mean, you think about it. Well, I mean, we always said is, this is, you know, Griffin's third coach in, uh, well, now five years, I guess. And then, you know, he sold her on this, on Aaron Nelson being this great trainer that was going to come in and that didn't work out. And then they're restructuring that training staff restructured the whole coaching staff again this season without replacing the head coach, but she's still paying old head coaches and replacing them with new, uh, you know, so it's just like everything. And then, you know, obviously the, the PR nightmares that are going around with uh, Zion and then the, you know, all the trade chatter constantly. Um, those things are not good for her and for the brand and for the team and for the city. With all that said, you're still an optimistic fan, Kevin. You're still looking forward to the start of basketball. I am. I am. I, am, uh, I, I will say that, like, last season was one of the harder seasons for me, uh, especially down the stretch, you know, in terms of I've just kind of, like, reached a level of exasperation. Um, you see things, you know, like we've been saying they need shooting, rim protection, playmaking for the four years, and they still, <laughs> still won't get it. And uh, you see – a player like Jonas, who's fantastic. They're not. They, his his liability is that he's not a great defender. He's an okay defender, but he's not a good defender, like an above average defender. He's fair enough, right? But he's super crafty offensively. The offense is in the in the toilet, and they won't dump him down the ball and just let him wreck shop. And he's even a crafty passer out of the post. And you know, those are those are easy fixes. Also, like a guy like Kyra, when he comes in, looks great. And he does something that no other point guard on that team does is collapse the defense with his speed and, and putting pressure on the rim and then just kicking out. Those are simple ways to create offense. These kind of like simple things that just we saw every game, you know. And like you would also like see fans on Twitter or in, in Chris, uh, Chris's spaces putting out these ideas over and over again for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then finally they try one of those things eventually and it works amazingly. And it's just so frustrating. Like, you know, we shouldn't be smarter than those guys, you know, like we should not be. Uh, so, and I'm not under any illusion that I actually am, but it's just frustrating in that sense when you, when you have these ideas that seem so obvious and they just will not implement them. And then when they do, they work. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a tough season, um, especially, you know, seeing the Lakers make that last late season surge and, um, 
oh, that was great to see him get swept. But I really did enjoy the uh, finals. I, even though it was a five-game series, I thought the games were entertaining and uh, and fun, and I was really happy that Denver won. Um, so that was really great. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited about the season starting. I mean, it's still, like, it's just annoying that we're constantly under these these clouds, you know, and, like, every week there's some new thing that we have to worry about or deal with. But, you know, once we get through the draft, I'll be more, like, excited about things because then we'll miss. Because if Zion or BI aren't traded on draft night, not happening until possibly um, all uh, trade deadline. But um, I still think it would go all the way through the season. I'm going to be so mad if San Antonio drags out the first pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because we need the, we needed to get to two so we can get this thing settled and be done and know what's going right, on. Right. You know what's going on at one. We're already done with this. No one's moving anything. You're taking Victor. Let's just get that part done. Let's walk in. Victor, walk to, straight to the stage and let's get on to the drama. Because but that those five minutes that we're going to be forced to wait. And I know San Antonio is going to sit there and milk it all because ESPN is going to ask them, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. NBA is going to say, we need to build up, get the store, make sure we get all the build up we can. Yeah. They're going to do 45 minutes about Victor Wimbanyana, like before the draft even starts. And then they're going to recycle the same thing for 15 minutes, cut up, you know, like stretch it out. Um, do you, let me ask you this, just curious. Um, so if the big trades don't happen, like if BI or Zion get traded, um, do you feel like there's going to be moves made on draft night though outside of that? Perhaps like a Giannis, I mean, a, a Giannis, I wish we had Giannis, <laughs> a Giannis, <laughs> um, or like moving up in the draft or trade, or just trading the pick and some salary to get somebody else, or what, do you, what are your feelings on that? It's tough because the, the players that everybody keeps mentioning as far as like, you know, Miles Turner, whatever, I don't think the Pacers want to move Miles Turner mm-hmm. anymore. I think that the time passed and you needed to pay mm-hmm. more when they were willing to make that deal. And now that they've restructured his deal and they feel like he's really affordable, which he is now. And they, they, I mean, he he fit with them last year. He had some of his best production for them last year. I don't think they're interested in moving him anymore. So Jonas for Miles Turner doesn't make, it doesn't appeal to Indiana. So where does Jonas fit? And that's the hard part is going through and trying to find a team where he fits and what you're getting back is something that's useful. So to me, I'd, I'd rather see them trade that pick to to get a veteran, but the problem is who are the veterans too that that are going to be available still at this stage that you know that teams are looking to move because everything is so jumbled up by what could happen with James Harden or what could happen with Chris Paul or what could happen with, Mm -hmm. you know, so the Pelicans are in this defensive position again because you're not in a position to be aggressive about free agency. You're not in a position that you have a great draft pick so if they do stick, then if they do have to take a draft pick, yeah, I, I'm fine with them taking Jed Howard from Michigan um, and, and taking a shooter or someone like that. You know, someone that right. fits the profile of the guys they've taken lately, either an experienced person who you know can come in and play or someone who has a very specific skill set. If they draft right. for talent and, and and reach again, as they pretend, what are they? Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think that they're they're serious. Unless that player's getting moved. You think they're still interested in like John Collins or 
Yeah, I know they were linked very heavily to him at the deadline. Are you going to take that risk on a guy again who's never played uh, 70 games in a season? You got all these injury problems. You're going to take another risk on another guy mm-hmm. who's never played 70 games in a season? I mean, you know, what we want is different from what they want. But, I mean, knowing that they were very interested in acquiring last season. It's, it's not the power into it. It's get the, you got to get the, the backup center. And those are more affordable to me out there. Or if you are right. going to swing big for, the, for, the, for a Nick Claxton or somebody like that, if you are going to swing big for that, then you still have the pieces to make that happen, I think. Yeah. Because if, like if the contract is moved, then yeah, you've got some some stuff you could give up to make that you know an interesting deal for Brooklyn. Because then I think they go into a full re- rebuild if Bridges moves. So uh, you know they don't have any re- they don't have a star then to build around. So I think you could negotiate with them and get uh, somebody else. But yeah, it's who who are you trying to steal? From somebody because clearly Miami now, if, if if Miami's holding on to Bam, if they if they think they're gonna get Bradley Beal, then right. Bam may be the price they have to pay for Bradley Beal, and they'll do that. They'd hate to, but they would do it because they need scoring that badly. So I mean, I think that you you the the Pelicans don't have any position of strength to come at anybody. You know, all their picks they don't have as many picks as other people have picks anymore, and their picks aren't as good as other people's picks like they used to be. So, like, the same thing that you've talked about for years is, like, there's a time and there's an expiration on all this stuff. And I think the Pelicans may have sat to the, the point that this year the best you can do is – is a, and sometimes it's the best thing you should do is just fix up the edges, man. Clean up all the little mm-hmm. spots on the bench. So yeah. Najee's got to – I hate to do it, but the, the Najee's have to go. The, the people sitting there who are young and not playing – it's one thing to be a vet who's not playing, who's there for break – you know, like the issue right. was for Denver, break in case of right. emergency. But your 22-year-olds, your 23-year-olds can't be those players. And mm-hmm. so to me, that's what they do. Go get more veterans on that bench who raise your floor. Because if your floor is better next year, this team is at least five wins better, right? Because mm-hmm. the games that they blowed, blew last year, the games they blow in the fourth quarter because of bad decisions or the quarter that they can't shoot right or the, because the offense dies, if your floor is better because your veterans are smarter, you win half of those games. And I guarantee you there were more than 10 of those that they blew last season. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, if I would do anything, it would just be the, the Zion trade, but it would have to be with Charlotte. To get, I just don't yeah, see how the, the Portland one works. I don't see how – just because there's just Simons and Nurkic and all – it just becomes too messy. Um, but, uh, but, you know. I'm also curious to see if Zion can put it all together and stay healthy and give us a good season. Man, it, no one would be rooting against Zion. I don't think there's a single Pelicans fan. Because I think the disappointment, the ones, who, the, most people, the ones who want to move in the group who do want to move him is not because they dislike him or think anything like that. It's like, it's just that disappointment of like, dude, yeah. we want this to work and it's just breaking our hearts that it's not working and I can't keep having my heart ripped out of my chest. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes like even like in human relationships, you know, you see a couple that the, the two people are great people. It's just not working. And then they can go off and be happy, you know, and be with somebody else and they thrive and it all worked out for everybody. Uh, sometimes you just need that split. Sometimes there's just too much bad stuff built up into the relationship and, 
I'm not saying it's built up in terms of with the fan base, but built up inside of the organization itself. Um, and, and, you know, it just has to be a, a break for both parties to grow and thrive, you know? But whatever happened I, again, whatever happened in that meeting between Zion and David Griffin this past week, I hope it was just honest. Whatever, you know, whatever, whatever they said to each other, whether it was good news, bad news or whatever for the other, I just hope it was honest so that, that we can all just get past this. And that for one season in the last five years, we can just be talking about basketball because I would love to have a boring team in that regard to where people that they right. got finals like Denver did. And there's somebody talking about how boring the Pelicans are. I'd be really cool with that. If that's what it takes to get to the finals, be the most boring and, and, and innocuous team ever. <laughs> I think I, that's a good place to put a bow on it um y'all know how to follow kevin kevin b from bounce on twitter and you know how to follow me at dm grub please continue to check out the bird rights and uh, make sure you subscribe here on youtube and uh, um wherever you get the bird calls uh, each and every week that we put them out so until the next time as usual, in the words of our host emeritus, Mr. Preston Ellis, let's go. Play.